Well, good morning, good morning, everyone. I am Danny Kilgore, and I serve as the pastor of Outreach and Missions. Thank you. And I get the pleasure of speaking to you today. You know, if you've been here a few weeks, you know that we have been in a sermon series titled Following Jesus. And throughout this series, we've been tracking the life of Jesus through the Gospel of John. And so today, I'm going to pick back up where Pastor Ben left off last week, and we're going to jump into John chapter 14. But before we get started, will you, will you join me in prayer? Oh, Jesus, we thank you. We thank you so much, Lord, for being with us. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for another opportunity to come before your throne. So God, I pray right now that you would remove any distraction. Remove anything that would keep us from truly sitting here and receiving what it is you have for us. Father, may our hearts be open. May our minds be clear. And may our spirits be ready to receive deposits from you. For we give you glory and we give you praise. And it is in your son Jesus' name that we do pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen. All right, so if you would, go ahead and grab your Bibles and turn with me to John chapter 14. Grab your Bibles. There's one in front of you, or if you're in the front row, there's one behind you. But John chapter 14 Starting at verse 15 is where we're going to begin. Now, as I was getting prepared for this sermon, I was reading John chapter 14, and I was trying to decide which scripture should I use, and I couldn't, and so we're going to read them all, okay? <laughs> so bear with me. We're going to read John chapter 15, verse 14, John chapter 14, verse 15 through 27. And it reads, "If you love me, keep my commands." And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Verse 19, before long, the world will not see me anymore, but the world will see me. Excuse me, before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. And on that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show them myself to them. Skip down to verse 23. Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. Now these words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. Verse 25, all this I have spoken while still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things that will remind you of everything I have said to you. 
And verse 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The title of my sermon today is Let's Make a Deal. Let's make a deal, okay? Okay, so before we get started, I want to let you know that those that are close to me, you know, my closest friends, my husband, my close family members, they know something very important about my personality. And that is that I get distracted very easily. Get distracted very easily. I have a hard time. I have to work really hard at staying engaged for, I don't know, two minutes? It takes long, but it takes a hard work for me to stay engaged. So here recently, I said, you know what? I need to go get this checked out. I need to go to the doctor and figure out what's happening. So I went to the doctor, went through these tests, only for me to find out, family, I have ADHD. It's interesting though, everyone I told that to, everyone close to me, they weren't as shocked (laughs) to find that out as I was. It's like, they was like, yeah, you didn't know that? But, um, okay, wait, why was I telling you this? Um, Okay, yes, so I was telling you this because as I was reading John chapter 14, my mind started to go down a rabbit trail. Now, oftentimes when my mind goes down a rabbit trail, it leads me to something that's like, okay, get back on topic. But sometimes it leads me to a jewel. And that's why I think of game shows when I think of John chapter 14. First of all, let me just say this. The Kilgore family loves game shows. Does anybody like watching game shows? Yes, there we go. I love game shows, love them so much. I think that one day I might even be on one. But out of all the game shows, there are a few that we really love. First, we love Family Feud, okay? Does anybody else like Family Feud? I'll show a hands. Okay, great. We've got some Family Feud lovers. I love Family Feud. I even had an idea of putting this team together. And then I thought about it. I was like, yeah, this is not going to work. Because there's something that every leader of their team has to say. When they give their answer, they have to be like, good answer, good answer. And I am not going to tell you had a good answer if it wasn't. I'm not going to say, good answer. I'm like, really? That's the answer you went with? That's the one you chose? in front of everybody? Yeah, so I can't be on Family Feud. Another show that my husband and I used to love watching before our daughter was born was Deal or No Deal. Deal or No Deal. Oh man, that show, I had to stop watching it because it it gave me heart palpitations. (laughs) I couldn't take it. But okay, true story. So my husband and I were playing Taboo with one of our, with our family and everything and my husband's word was Deal, okay? And he kept doing this. looking straight at me, and I'm like, I don't know, a squirrel? A kangaroo, broken wrist? I don't know, what is this? And we ran out of time. And he's like, no deal. What? That was what, how? At that moment, see, I already knew that he was the man for me forever. But at that moment, I was like, yep, I am the only woman (laughs) for you, okay? (laughs) Yeah. Needless to say, 
We also, him and my daughter, are really big fans of Supermarket Sweep. Or as Leslie Jones says, Supermarket Sweep. <laughs> Supermarket Sweep, they love that show. And I think I'd be a great contestant on that show because one of my happiest places ever, outside of being in the presence of the Lord, of course, okay, is being in the grocery store. I love going grocery shopping. I would kill that store, that show. That show. Now, let me just tell you this. I remember watching Supermarket Sweep as a kid, and for some reason, it was not fun. And I think it looked like this. Like, that does not scream, let's have fun, compared to the other one. That just didn't seem fun. So I am already in a place of where I'm like, okay, we're in these supermarket sweeps. I can do this. I can do it. Now, another game show that I have um, recently started to get into is called Let's Make a Deal. Anybody ever watch that show, Let's Make a Deal? Okay, not many, because I just started to. All right, Let's Make a Deal. The interesting thing about Let's... You know what? Actually, I think I would have played it. Abby... I'm going to call Abby, Abby Cochran up. And we are, we're going to play this game, Let's Make a Deal, okay? Abby, thanks for joining us. All right, so have you ever played Let's Make a Deal before? Nope. Ever seen it? Nope. Okay, this is going to be great. All right, so the way you play is I give you options, and I'm going to make a deal with you. I'm indecisive, so this isn't a good idea. Okay, well, hey, here we go. We're going to work this out. Y'all start praying now. So here we go. We, I, I'm going to give you an option, and you're going to choose. You don't know what's in these different options, but you get the opportunity to say what you want, okay? So the first thing is I have a box. You don't know what's in the box. It can be something good. It can be what the show calls a zoink, which means something lame, okay? Or you can choose envelope two. You don't know what's in envelope two. Could be better than box. Could be, could not be. Can I pick both? Is that a deal I can make? No, that's not the deal. Okay, here we go. Since she is not doing this right. All right, so here's what you all as a crowd is supposed to say. Tell her what to do. Take one, take two. Okay, ready? Action. Which one would you like? Okay, so she's going to go with two. So first we have to show her what she didn't win. So what's in box one is, you would have had a treat box. Look at this, chocolate and granola bars and peanuts, okay? So you didn't pick box one, you chose box two. I mean, envelope two. And on the inside of two is 20 bucks. It's pretty good, right? Ah, 20 bucks. Okay, so I'm gonna give this to you, but here's the thing. I will trade you envelope three. Can I hold it under the light? For you. No, you cannot. What is happening here? <laughs> this is not how the game goes on the show. All right. You can trade me two for three. Okay, now what should she do? You're gonna keep she's gonna keep the 20 bucks. And let me show you what she didn't choose. Three gift cards equal $10 for the movie theater, a value of $30. Oh, well, I give it up for her. Give it up for Abby anyway, okay? Okay, so back to the topic. Those game shows are a lot of fun, right? 
but there's one thing they have in common. You make one wrong choice, and you can lose it all. And in these verses, John chapter 14, Christ is making a deal. He's making a deal with the disciples. And he is offering them an opportunity to do one thing in exchange for something else. So let's take a look at our end of the bargain. Let's look at our end of the bargain. Take a look at verse 15. Verse 15 says, if you love me, keep my commands. If you love me, keep my commands. So here Christ is giving us some contingencies. If you love me, keep my commands. Now with the disciples, they didn't have an issue with answering the question if they loved them. Of course they loved him. They got to see all the things he did on earth. They witnessed miracles. They witnessed him change and transform people's lives. They, changed, they were changed and transformed themselves by Jesus' love. So of course they loved him. But it was the contingency number two that was interesting. He said to keep my commands. Now at first glance of reading this, one might think that the commands are the commandments. But if you think about it, why would Christ ask them to do something knowing they can't do it? I mean, that's the whole reason why he was here. That's why God sent him to earth, because humans were epically failing at keeping the commands. So why then, on the night before he was going to be crucified, would he ask the disciples to keep his commands. See, we've been studying chapter John, and we know that Christ wasn't referring to the law of Moses. Flip to John chapter 13. Go over a couple of pages and go to John chapter 13. And I want you to look at verse 34. And it says, a new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. You must love one another. See, his command is for us to love, to love someone else as he has loved us. Now, if I was a disciple, I would have said, love as you have loved me? Have you met you? <laughs> You're Jesus. How am I going to love the way you love? There's no way I can do that. But this is why I love God because he never asks us to do something without providing us the tools needed to do it. Let's now take a look at what Christ's end of the bargain was. He made us two promises. The first promise he said is, he will send us an advocate. He's going to send us an advocate. Let's take a look at verse 16. It says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another, he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. See, Christ is commanding us. He's saying, follow my commands. He's like, I want you to love as I have loved you. What does that look like? What does it look like to love the way Christ has loved us? You know, if I think about it, it means not throwing someone away when they've wronged us. 
It means walking with someone with patience who's in a process of understanding. It means acknowledging that we ourselves have made mistakes and that everyone deserves forgiveness. You know, when I think about loving Christ the way God has loved us or loving another as he has loved us, I think about the fact that when God found me, he found me in the middle of a mess. And he didn't cancel me because I was wronging him. No, instead, he drew me closer. And in this scripture, in this passage right here, Christ is saying, and not only that, I am going to send you an advocate. This is because Christ knew what it would take to love the way he loves. He knew that he knew all too well what it was like living on earth. He knew what it was like having to fight temptations and to please God throughout, all while the enemy is throwing roadblocks and temptations your way. And he knew what it was going to take. We needed an advocate. We couldn't do this on ourselves, by ourselves. He knew exactly that Ephesians chapter 6, 12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. If we love him and keep his commands, he will send us an advocate. But Christ didn't just send us any old kind of advocate. No, he sent the holy grail of help. He sent someone. He asked the Father to send something that could not only face any battle we might face, but would give us the victory. God sent himself. He sent the spirit of truth. He sent the Holy Spirit. And the great part about this is that not only was the Holy Spirit going to come and he wouldn't walk alongside us the way Jesus was with the disciples. No, the best part is that the Holy Spirit would live in us. See, the good news there is that no matter where we go, no matter what we face, we would always have God's Spirit in us to lead us and guide us in the way that we should go. Family, that's huge. <laughs> that is good news. It's good news because we have the confidence in knowing that we have help. Now, if I was a disciple, I would have been like, deal, I'm ready to go, pack it up, give it to me, I'm ready to go. But he didn't stop there. It's like Christ said, and look, there's still more. <laughs> He didn't just say he was going to send the advocate. Christ also promised to never leave us. That he wouldn't leave us as orphans. Take a look at verse 18 through 20. Flip to page to John chapter 14. And let's take a look at 18 verses 20. It says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. And on that day, you will realize that I am in, I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in 
you. Christ promised that, promised that even though he's going to send an advocate, he's not leaving us. That he will come to us. That we will not be left as orphans. But what does this mean? That we won't be left as orphans. You know, as I reflected on that, there was this one way I could articulate it. You know, as we as a church continue to move deeper into partnering with the foster care community. As I get the opportunity to watch and to be alongside of my closest and dearest friends from this church who are foster parents or who are resourcing other foster parents, even as my husband and I prayerfully consider what would it look like if we were foster parents, there's something that I continue to see. I'm looking and I'm seeing the long-term effects that being in the foster care system has on a child. And there's one thing that keeps coming up, and that's that sense of abandonment. Family, being abandoned or the feeling of abandonment is one of the most challenging things a person has to work through. You know, see, when an orphan is one of the most vulnerable people on earth, even more than the widow, because they're alone, because they're destitute, and because they're powerless. You see, when someone feels like they've been abandoned by the person that's supposed to love them the most, the lies, the spiritual lies start to seep in and tell them that they're not loved, that they're not worthy, that they don't exist, and that ultimately, they're dead. This is why I see this metaphor as being perfect to describe our connection to the Lord. This is because we were born into this world as spiritual orphans, being separated by sin from the Father's love. But it is by the grace of God and the power of the blood of the Lamb that we have been grafted into the family of God, that we have been accepted as children of the Father. You know, it's with all that being said, I can only wonder how after hearing this and knowing that the disciples felt that they were in the confines of God's grace, but felt like they might be here to fend for themselves. Christ, knowing all of this, decided that before He was crucified and resurrected. He wanted to proclaim in their life that you will not be left alone. I will not leave you as orphans. Family, what comfort and assurance that gives, knowing that Jesus was not going to leave them. And I don't know about you, but that's still comfort today, knowing that by faith, through the Holy Spirit, Christ is there, that we have the Holy Spirit, and that we have Christ, both living in us, sharing what it means to follow the Lord. And I'm going to tell you, Christ didn't stop there. So not only did he say, I'm not going to leave you. Not only did he say, I'm going to send an advocate and a helper. Not only did he say you won't be left as orphans, Christ sealed the deal with this promise. He said, 
I will promise you my peace. Let's take a look at verse 27. It says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Therefore, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Family, this peace that Christ offers is an assurance that no matter what we face, we're going to make it. No matter what mountains we have to move, no matter what valleys we have to climb out of, because of the peace we will make it. And not only will we make it, we're going to make it with the victory. You see, Christ, this peace, this peace of God, coming from the Prince of Peace, this peace that surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds. And what does the scripture say? Where is it found? In Christ Jesus. Christ offered us a beautiful gift. He offered us his peace. That's good news. Because no matter the affliction, no matter the circumstance, we will have peace that will surpass all understanding. And here's the best part. He solidifies this, this peace I live, leave you, this peace I give to you. He solidified it like this, saying, and I don't give the way the world gives. See, that means that, this is why I bring, go back to the, to the game show, because the way the world gives, you think about the, the game shows, the fact that you go in thinking you're about to win something so big that can change your life significantly. But with one wrong question, with wrong, one wrong push of the button, with one tricky question that you can't answer, it can all come crumbling down. And those that do win big, they don't really win big because Uncle Sam comes in and takes half, so there's that too. <laughs> but Christ doesn't do that. Christ says, I don't give the way the world gives. It makes me think of the scripture in Numbers that says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that should change his mind. Christ says, this peace I leave with you, this peace I give to you, it's not to borrow, it's not going to come back and get it, it's to have forever. That's good news. And the only thing we have to do, our end of the bargain is to simply love. Love as he has loved us. Love one another as he has loved us. You know, it's interesting that on the day before one of the most commercialized days of love, <laughs> Valentine's Day, that we talk about love, loving another. On the day when a dozen of roses cost $500, <laughs> on the day that a Snicker bar with a little heart on it cost 50 bucks, on the day that people all over the country spend all their money on trying to convince their significant loved one how extravagant and exuberant and extraordinary their love is, we talk about 
the love of Christ. You know, I wish that every day felt like this, this extra exuberant, extravagant love. I love seeing the cards and the roses and the, 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 the heart-shaped toys and all of those things in the red, all the red <laughs> around us. I love it. I just wish it didn't just happen on one day. It was like this 365 days of the year. But maybe this is what it means to keep his commands. Showing extravagant, extraordinary, Love to everyone you meet, no matter who they are or what they've done. You know, this is why I love children. I remember when I was a kid, I used to love Valentine's Day at school because we would get this opportunity to get these love treats from people who know us, some that didn't know us. And when I, in my school, we had to take our treat bags and put them outside the door and hang them on our locker. So we couldn't check them throughout the day or we didn't have a special time. And at the end of the day, we would have this bag full of love from people that some that I did know and most of them I didn't know because every adult and child would drop in a card in your love bag. It was like everyone in the school was saying, I see you, and you deserve love. That's why I want to invite the kids up. Kids, Miss Stacy is going to have a basket, and I want you to take two Valentine's Day treats, and Miss Beth has a basket too. So come on up, and I want you to take two. All the kids, if you're okay, you can come on up. And you're going to take one, or you're going to take two. I want you to keep one, but I want you to give another one to someone on your way back to your seat. But here's the trick. You can't give it to someone you know. You have to give it to someone you don't know. And family, as they are walking back to their seats, I want you to get a picture of what would it look like if you were holding a special love gift that says, I see you and you deserve love? What would it look like if you were that child in the community? And for those of you who may receive a treat, reflect on what that feels like to receive a love treat from someone you don't know that says, I see you and I love you. I mean, what if that's what Christ is saying? What if that is the command? I'm going to invite the band to come back up. And as they come up, I want you to reflect on this question. Do you love Jesus and can you keep his commands? His command is to love. To love another as Christ has loved you. But remember, you don't have to do this by yourself. The Holy Spirit is going to lead you and guide you and show you exactly how to love the way Christ is loving you. I don't know what love and keeping, your, keeping his commands look like or is reflected in your life. Maybe it's showing a little extra patience when you're at your wit's end. Maybe showing love is walking with someone as they process things. 
Maybe keeping God's command to love another as Christ has loved us means offering forgiveness for someone who may have abandoned you. Maybe keeping his commands is showing a little more grace to someone. Family, Christ gave us a promise that if we love him and keep his commands, he will send the advocate to help us Lead us and guide us. He said that he won't ever leave us alone. And he said that he would give us peace. And he won't give the way the world gives. Family, the question is, do you love him? Do you truly love Jesus? And if you do, can you keep his command? The only thing he's asking you to do is to love. To love the way he loves. But we know that's impossible because Jesus is the only, we can't beat him loving. But the invitation here is to try. Can we try to love the way Christ loves? Now, during this song, you're still questioning, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if I can then I invite you to pray. Pray and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal himself to you so that you may truly love the way Christ loves. Amen? Amen. Let's stand to our feet and continue in worship.